You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to another week of Women to Watch here on WWDB AM 860. My name is Susan Rocco, and every week I get to come into the studio and sit down with some wonderful women in the Philadelphia area and across the country who are doing some great things. And I'm thrilled today to have two women in the studio with me. Uh, Their names are Beverly Bernstein Joey and Dolores Tracy McGid, and they are co-owners of Complete Care Strategies. Thank you so much for being here today. Our pleasure. It's great to be here. It's I'm excited for today's show. I think it's going to be a, a really valuable show for anyone out there listening who has someone um, elder in their family or knows somebody who is looking for some guidance in uh in health care and home care as well. So the first thing I'd like to do is just find out a little bit about your backgrounds, each of you. Beverly, we'll start with you. Um, I understand you you did grow up in Philadelphia. You went to Overbrook High School. Tell me a little bit about your younger years here in Philadelphia. Well, I'm a true Philadelphian. I've been here my entire life and uh, started out in a very different arena initially. And Finally started going to college after I had children, which is is somewhat unusual. Yes, yes. How did that come about? Well, I think that early on, the way I was raised, the kind of support I got, the, the, the goal was always to get married. And I kind of took that path and it didn't work out so well for me. But, uh, (laughs) but I always wanted the opportunity to find my voice, to find a way of expressing myself in life and going to college, even though I was in my late 20s, was was the right time for me to begin this process. Yeah, I, I think that's really wonderful that you didn't, you know, you didn't care about the fact that it may have been a little bit later than others and you, you went and did what you wanted to do. Yes, it was definitely what I needed to do. Yeah. Tell me um, a little bit about what when you were in high school, what, what types of things did you think you were going to do when you got older while you were in high school? Well, I was never really sure. I knew I wanted to get married. That was yeah. part of the program. <laughs> but um, I decided at that time to go to a two-year program, and I became a medical technician, Okay, which, uh, which was really somewhat limiting 
in terms of what I was doing and how I was experiencing myself. Right. And I knew I needed to take another path. Okay. And tell me about your years at Villanova, which happens to be my alma mater. And I just realized that this morning, looking over your profile. Villanova was truly a great experience for me. I, um, I entered this program in which uh, I was able to attend college and take care of my children at the same time. And it was about 10 minutes from my house. Right. So it really fit into where I was in all levels. And the program that I was involved in, uh, it's really a type of counseling psychology. Mm-hmm. I did two internships. And actually, ironically, um, one of my internships is with my my partner sitting next to me, Dolores McGee. Oh, wow. So That's I did great. my master's internship in the program where she was working at the time for her boss. Okay. So that's where, is that where you two met? Actually, we met earlier than that. I'm afraid to tell you what year. It's been a long time. (laughs) A very long time. You can tell us. 1973. Wow. Wow. We've been friends for 40 years. Wow. I was at her her wedding. She was at my second wedding. Oh, my gosh. And uh, Dolores and I met at a psychoanalytic institute. Where we were both studying to be psychotherapists. Okay, that's wonderful. It well, was. What a partnership it has been. Because we'll talk, we'll get into you know it's a long what marriage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Dolores, tell me a little bit about you. Where you grew up and went to school. I also am uh, born and bred Philadelphia. Okay, I grew up in the Germantown Mount area section of the city, and I am Temple University. Okay, uh, I undergraduate. I went in as a Spanish major. I thought I was going to teach Spanish. But after two or three years of that, I thought, I can't spend my whole life doing that. Uh, didn't wasn't talking to me anymore. And uh, I didn't even know there was such a field as social work until I got to the university. And so I completed my undergraduate degree in social work and went on at Temple to do a master's degree in educational psychology. Okay. And uh, have worked in private practice, and I spent uh, 14 well, 14 years at Hahnemann Hospital working. Uh, that's where Beverly and I did that. She did her internship there with me. Mm-hmm. At that point in our lives, we were focused on child development. We were child development specialists for many, many years. Oh, oh wow. Now that I did not know. Yeah. And the, it, it's very interesting how we pers- how we evolved. Yeah, right. We're kind of developmental people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We go from one end of the spectrum right. to the to the other because we're getting old. Right. Right. There you go. And, you know, I find that so interesting because a lot of the interviews that I do, women have done completely different things in their younger years than they're doing today. I always love to hear about how that comes to be. This was an evolution. It really is very clearly an evolution of activities and interests and the kinds of people that we serve. Mm -hmm. There have been times when we've worked separately and times we've worked for the same companies We've started so many businesses, I can't even remember how many. Uh, we were always trying to find a way of um, of working together and creating something on our own. And when it failed, we had to go make some money. Right. Um, however, the company that we're now both owners of is a company that's been in existence for 13 years. So I think we found our spot. I think you found your niche. We found it. But So it always... For both of you, seems to have been an interest in helping others. Um, from, Always, yes, Always. and you both have the psychology backgrounds. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm interested to know from either of you, um, if you're fat growing up, um, if there was something that you saw in your own families that gave you that interest in um, development, whether it's child development or elderly development. Um, let me ask you this. Do, do you both know your grandparents? I grew up in the house with my grandparents, which I think, you know, the very Italian side of the family. And uh, you got to see people as they age and the way the family pitches in to help and pick up the pieces that need to be done. Mm-hmm. It was a very important part of my experience. Right. That, that was a teaching sure. moment. Absolutely. Very many moments. And I also grew up in a household where people were very involved, particularly the grandparents, um, grandmother in, in, in service, you know, in community services and activities in, in her church. And, you know, she was a very uh, service-oriented person. Mm-hmm. And Beverly, how about you? Well, for me, I have to say that um, I spent, I had a lot of experiences learning about medical advocacy. My father died when he was 74, which now seems really young Mm -hmm. based on the kind of people we deal with. And he had so many health issues that my mother and I were like soldiers trying to find the answers for him, trying to find him the best solutions, the best doctors. And I had a, a very poignant experience when he died dealing with healthcare professionals in the intensive care ward where he stayed for six weeks before his death. And it was a very, very confronting experience trying to express my family's wishes and having a doctor say to me, why do you want to take him off life support? And I would answer, because he's in multiple system failure and nothing's working. What do you want him to live for? And it was very confrontive, and I found a nurse in the hospital at that time who was my guardian angel, and she helped me support my father in dying, actually. And that kind of experience really, really stayed with me, Mm -hmm. understanding what families go through at the end of life, understanding what I went through, and knowing that so many people need guardian angels. That's so true. I mean, I think that people are learning more and more the importance of being an advocate for your family member when they're in the hospital. You can't assume that the doctors um, are going to do everything that's specifically right for you. Right. I had a different experience, but also a learning experience. My parents both passed away in their 60s, about a year apart, actually. And my sister and I are the only two, and we were very, we were clueless as to really the things that I know now uh, right, I, right. I could not have known when I was 35, and my sister is 30, and we, we were just finding our way. And I think, you know, it helps me today when I see young families, we see young clients, sometimes clients who are in their 60s, like my parents would have been, and here are these young young children in their 30s, actually, mm-hmm. young to be dealing with these issues. And I, I understand they don't have a clue. They need help. Yeah, to negotiate this process. Yeah, they really do. And what I love so much about your company is how um, complete it is. In other words, it's not you're not helping people with one specific issue with their parents. There's so many aspects that you know the medical, the 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 legal, the um, uh, just there's so many parts to it. And and to have someone who's guiding you through all these parts is Mm -hmm. really very beneficial. And and we'll get into later exactly what all those parts are. Talk to me a little bit about when you founded the company. 
Um, how did you decide how you were going to set that up? What types of things were important to you with complete care strategies? Well, um, at the time, I was a psychotherapist working with a psychiatrist in New Jersey, and I lost my job. And at the time, I really needed to work. And I started exploring what to do next. And someone brought to my attention the possibility of me working uh, as an administrator in an assisted care community and personal care. And with that, I, I, I achieved uh, that particular license and began working in an assisted care community. I also started learning about the field of professional geriatric care management and joined the National Association of Professional Geriatric Care Managers. And really, that was, that was my dream to be able to do that kind of work. But it would take a couple years for me to really understand the senior community and, and learn what it was I needed to learn. And so what were you, year was that, Beverly? That was 1999. Okay. So... Um, as a psychotherapist, I think the skills that we have really lend itself to care management, and, and truly, it is a very multidisciplinary field. Uh, at that time, I decided at one point, with my husband's total support, it was time to quit my job because I ended up doing a lot of marketing, which is very, very interesting, entertaining. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it, but my heart is about taking care of people. And that was missing for me. All I wanted to do was hang out with the residents (laughs) as opposed to filling beds, filling beds, filling beds. Right. So I quit my job and decided that um, I wanted to start this company, being a geriatric care manager. manager. I went to a networking event and somebody said, what do you do? I said, I'm in business for myself. And they said, for how long? And I said, 20 minutes. (laughs) Jump on board. Come on. Let's do it. <laughs> Throughout this whole process, uh, as as we've told you, Dolores and I have been in relationship uh, for so many years uh, as colleagues, as students together. And I don't think I can imagine myself in business without her. And there wouldn't be a business without her, believe me. Right. And you're both good at something, right? You're, we we, we both, have different skill sets. Yes. And we it have works. a different skill set. Yeah. Wait, wait. It really does. Our personality styles are somewhat different, mm-hmm. but between the two of us, you have a whole person mm-hmm. with lots of different attributes. Yeah. We share the same mission, though. We share the same values. Mm-hmm. Um, we look at people developmentally, both from that background, so it's a very easy conversation all the time. Mm-hmm. But Beverly's strengths are, are in the marketing and developing business mm-hmm. and, and clinical but I basically focus on the clinical and the operations of running the practice. Right. Can't have one without the other. No, you can't. And and we're not all good at everything, right? No. So it's really important to acknowledge, you know, what your gifts are in each other and, and allow each other to do work on those parts. Right. Right. Exactly. And we and, and it's it's almost frightening, you know, to be with another individual and and have a conversation with a third party. And we're both thinking the same things. It's we just so look at each other. And we look at each other. We go, <laughs> whatever it is, it's scary. Right. No, it's, it's wonderful. True. It's wonderful. It so, works really well. Yeah. Um, t- first of all, you're, do you have an office 
some mm-hmm. where is you, I, you must I mean you have sixty employees am no, I no, right no 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 not quite no We're about fifty. 50. Okay, 50, 50, 60. Yeah, that, that's, oh, a lot 50. Of, 50. that's a lot of um, people that's to manage. People. Our physical office um, is in King of Prussia mm-hmm. uh, on Allendale Road right at the King of Prussia Medical Center. But our clients are everywhere okay. in the five-county region. Right. Um, I, I want to point out that you're you're one of uh, you're obviously a, um, a woman-owned business, and uh, I read that you're the twenty-fourth largest woman-owned business in is it the Delaware Valley? Yeah, Philadelphia area. Yeah, yeah. Um, with regards to uh, the Philadelphia Business Journal, okay. that's how they've listed us. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you started out with the two of you. Mm-hmm. We and- had we had the two of us and one other individual. There were three of us. We had a person who came with us early on, Joanne. And uh, she's still with us. Okay. In a different capacity? What does she do? Well, um, early on after we started the company, we decided that doing home care would be something that would be a natural fit Mm -hmm. with the kind of services that we offer. Certainly, we can hire other companies to do home care, but we thought as professional geriatric care managers, we would be able to create a model that was unique. So... um, a year after we we incorporated, mm-hmm. we purchased a very, very small home care company with four clients. But the company came with Joanne <laughs> as a bonus. And she knew how to do home care, yes. and we didn't. Oh, that's right. So that was a very important right. person. Very important person. Right. I, I'm so impressed. You know, it takes a lot of courage to start a business, number one. And you both took on something, you know, pretty big and and just believed that you could do it. Mm-hmm. Where I'd like to know from each of you, where did that belief come from that, you know, the this dream that you both had was something worth going after? Because a lot of women have thoughts of, you know, this is what really makes me happy in life, but they don't take that next step uh, to turn it into a business. Where did that come from for each of you? For me, it came from fear. <laughs> It came from um, being financially dependent on my environment and not and not finding a place for my own self-expression. So I think for the early part of my life, I was yearning, yearning, yearning for a vehicle in which I could create something that totally took care of people and also supported me and my family. Mm-hmm. You know, I... Thinking back on that, it's a very good question, actually. Thinking back on that, I I don't remember ever not having confidence that I could um, do good work. I I, I don't remember that. I was always capable of doing good at whatever I did. So, you know, it was just a matter of evolving. It was never really with any major thought. It was just like, this leads to the next thing. People will say, well, how did you get there? You know, one thing leads to the next, one piece of your life just opens up the next door. Right. Uh, when we started, I had three part-time jobs. I was working part-time at, at a hospital doing work with a psychiatrist in his practice, working privately um, for another doc, and privately seeing my own clients. And then, you know, Beverly has this brilliant plan of this idea. And I said, sure, I still have to do my other jobs. I had certain financial commitments as well that right. I needed to keep. And so, you know, you just keep, until you keep eliminating one piece and eliminating one piece till after a few years, I guess it was two or three. 
maybe three years that you know I had eliminated those other pieces. Right, and 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 I think focusing on just one must yeah. be such uh, a relief for you because yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. better. Uh, no it's, question yeah, about that. It's tough to be taking right. on three different jobs. Um, we are going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more about complete care strategies with Beverly and Dolores. Want your home to look great for company from out of town, moving to a new place, or just want the satisfaction of a clean, healthy home? Whatever your reason, everybody needs to clean. So why not choose the line of cleaning tools that makes your task easier? Quickie is your one-stop cleaning solution with everything you need to get the job done right. Whether you're cleaning one room or the whole house, Quickie has the right tool for the job. It doesn't matter if you prefer a more traditional mop and bucket or if you'd like to save time with a new Quickie Spray Mop. Quickie has everything you need to get the job done. Founded in Philadelphia over 60 years ago, Quickie's commitment to quality and value have helped it grow to the number one cleaning tool in America. It's Quickie and it's clean. Look for Quickie products at Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, ShopRite, and other fine retailers near you. What woman out there is not tired of the department store shopping experience? Unkept dressing rooms, no customer service, and never being able to find the right size. This is your answer. Come shop with us. We are best dressed. And we are the most exciting new way to shop the beautiful private label of W by Worth. If you're tired of wearing only 20% of your clothing 80% of the time, wardrobe building is a must. And we can show you how to do that and save money. Best Dressed is a business that offers a luxury brand of clothing that will forever be in your closet and always your favorite thing to wear. For the absolute best customer service, easy purchasing and returns, personal custom fitting, and shopping when it's most convenient for you, please contact Best Dressed at 215-266-5680. And be sure to view the current collection at wbyworth.com. Hello, everyone. We're back in the studio today with Beverly Bernstein Joey and Dolores Tracy McGid, co-owners of Complete Care Strategies. And uh, I, I wanted to come back in after the break and, and talk a little bit about the business of running a business. Um, Be- Beverly actually mentioned during the break that a lot of times things that might hold women back um it's not their 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 gifts or what they're capable of doing, and it's not their ideas. It's actually the the business end of running a business. So, talk to me a little bit about that and how uh, what the things are that you did that helped you with your company. I think early on we we realized that we're fabulous care managers. We're really good at what we do. Uh, we were great students. You know, all of those those neat kind of things that many women are. But when you look to create your own business, you're dealing with an entity that is really unique. And it requires a skill set that certainly two psychotherapists did not have. Mm -hmm. And when you, if you want to work on your own, that is really excellent. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But if, like us, you look to get beyond yourself, and look to create an organization that supports what it is you're trying to provide for people, you realize early on that there's 
there's so many other people you have to bring to you. So, for example, very early on, I think it was around 2003, we went to our association, the National Association of Professional Geriatric Care Managers, and we had a speaker there who is a CFO-to-go kind of guy. And what he does is he helps businesses like ours. And we hired him at that time. And I must say, had we not hired him, I doubt we'd be sitting here right now talking about Complete Care Strategies. Because we, I'm not good with numbers. I'm not good with profit margins and all these funny little charts he creates for us and tells us when to hold on or when we should be hiring or how to think about what we're doing. A a really good lawyer, a really good accountant. These are the components of every business. And if a woman or any individual wants to start something, no matter how wonderful they are in the service they provide, what distinguishes us is the the other skill sets that we have to bring to us to be successful. We also tried several businesses before this one in terms of uh, working together and they were service oriented, you know, working with children initially, uh, working with people with um, chronic pain issues. We, we did several different approaches and really we were, I think part of our strength is that things failed and we just kept going, you know, so, okay, well that did not work. And then the next thing comes up and you have the courage to try again mm-hmm. and that didn't work. Okay. We'll try another thing. Until, you know, we got to the place where we're going. Yeah, that's so important. Every project you take on teaches you something Absolutely new. taught us a lot of things. Right. And they were all great ideas. Yeah. <laughs> but it's important to look at what is needed and wanted. Right. And what are people willing to pay for? Right. Right. Because we had this theory that we could actually provide a service that people would pay us for. Mm-hmm. And in our world, people rely on insurance companies to do psychotherapy or they rely on other funding sources. But we have the kind of business that either long-term care insurance pays for or people have to open their checkbooks and pay for mm-hmm. or credit cards are fine. Mm-hmm. But the point is it's a fee-for-service business, right? which was also something that we were interested in, in achieving. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have to take a risk when you spoke about hiring a CFO you know, a lot of times businesses, when they're first starting out, they don't have those marketing dollars or not necessarily marketing dollars, just the money to bring in the experts that they need to take the business to the next level. Well, you know, but he's not brought in per se. He doesn't come to our office. He's in Virginia. Virginia. Okay. But you still, but we you deal still... with him. He, we send him our files every month. Mm-hmm. He evaluates all the financial comings and goings of the business and produces the information to tell us what our business is doing that month. Right. And then talks to us on the phone. We kind of feel like Charlie's Angels. <laughs> oh, it's Harold. It's, uh, and it's Harold. Oh, no, it's Harold. Oh, we have to talk about those things. Wait. Oh, my God, it's Harold. <laughs> Isn't his name and Bosley? We, yeah, yeah. And we glaze over sometimes, you know, but. And Delora us- says, do bullet points. I need bullet points. <laughs> I can so relate to that because that's why I do this job. Numbers, I just glaze over. Um, I wanted to read something that you said in another interview that it just, it stuck with me. And I think it speaks to 
what you're doing and why it's different and, and why you're doing such a good job. You said you cannot look at a senior without looking at the family that they come from. And that's so important because you cannot treat every situation, every human being, every aging person the same way. They all need something different. And all of the family members are a very important part of it. So um, I wanted to let's get into the meat of exactly what Complete Care Strategies is all about and what you do and why it is different. Um, And I thought maybe we could talk about each individual service and we'll start with the geriatric care. Let's talk about what, how you help in that area. Well, initially, people call us. Uh, we get referrals. People either self-refer over the Internet or word of mouth or someone who knows us professionally tells them to give us a call. Um, we get referrals from attorneys and other people in the field. And people call because they don't know what's going on or they need help with trying to figure out the solution to their situation. So initially, somebody may call, and they are at the very beginning. They say, I don't know what's going on with my mom. And we do. We offer services that would help that identify what the needs are. We do assessments. We go into people's homes. You know, we spend time. We spend a couple hours, you know, looking and sitting and sitting having tea and just chatting with people in their homes while we're collecting the data so, that we need. So would you say the very first step then... Uh, for any call that you get would be the assessment. No, I couldn't no. say that either. No. Because sometimes people are not ready for that. They're calling and they want a conversation. They're not ready for the commitment of having to introduce you um, to their family, to their mem- to their parents, for instance. So initially it could be a consultation that somebody just really wants to come into the office and they want to spend time, an hour, an hour and a half with you, really picking your brain, laying out their story, and saying, where do I go now? Sometimes from that, an assessment will grow, that that's the next step. Mm -hmm. Sometimes nothing like that occurs. Sometimes we just give people, you know, uh, yeah, you're doing a good job. You're on the right track. You should keep going down that road. Um, Sometimes people call us, and they don't want an assessment. They already know their problem. They just need help with the next step, which is in some cases... Um, having to help the family make a placement. Their individual mother or dad or loved one needs to go outside the home for care, and they need help finding the best place possible. Uh, so so you're dealing with both um, helping people find someplace outside the home and home care? Both. Okay, so it, let yes, let's talk about the home care and what types of things you do to help people mm-hmm. find the right home care. Well, I think... I think initially it's it's very clear that everyone wants to remain at home, and that's always our primary goal. But as care managers, as professionals, obtaining the information about the individual situation determines whether or not we recommend home care. If a family has limited resources and a person is relatively younger, then and there's no family close by, mm-hmm. that would that would lead us to make the suggestion that perhaps home care may not be appropriate. We don't want our families bringing on a lot of home care, which is particularly costly, unless they have the resources to support it, unless it makes sense, unless they say, well, for five days a week, we'll have the home care, and then weekends, I'm going to rotate with other siblings, with other family members. 
the thing to keep in mind is that every situation is unique and every intervention we provide has to be tailored to the individual family. So let's say that home care has been suggested and it is the most appropriate path. Everyone who works for us are our employees so that they're all licensed, bonded, and insured. And in addition, the way we approach our home care is to provide a licensed nurse to visit with the client the first day before we even begin the home care to analyze the situation for a home care plan and also to visit monthly to both take vital signs, keep eyes on the senior, and to supervise the caregiver because our caregivers are lovely people, but they're not skilled There are unskilled people that need supervision by a skilled, licensed professional, such as a nurse. Uh, Sometimes we use medical social workers as well. But the important distinction for our home care is, first of all, we allow people to know whether or not it's relevant. So if it isn't, we'll tell a family. And we also provide it on a very professional level, although it is unskilled. We are a licensed, unskilled home care agency, as well as being a care management company that takes care of people really of all ages. Our youngest client is four. We um, will talk to you a little bit about that. That that actually is very important in, in how we arrived at our name, our current name. Right. Um, complete, complete, complete care. Complete care strategies. But I think that, you know, uh, responding to what Beverly said, it is not that we see ourselves as a home care company. We're not a home care company. There are a million of those out on every corner anymore. We are a care management firm, professionals who provide those care management services that I alluded to before, the assessments, the placements, ongoing medical advocacy, you know, accompanying people to the doctor, having family meetings. Those level services is really our primary practice. We do provide um, high-quality home care, not the focus of our business, but always willing to provide it in the right circumstances, as Beverly said. But we are care managers primarily. Okay. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about the um, training and and educating and and workshops. Is that something that you offer or you're partnered with people that provide those services and then you refer them? Maybe. Can you be a little more specific? What do you mean by training? Well, I... I thought that I read on your website that you have you're involved with education and training for learning about the the um, home care industry, and I didn't know whether that's something that you provide or whether there's workshops out there that you refer people to. We partner with the Alzheimer's Association many times over the years. They provide training programs, and mm-hmm. we pr- provide people to go either to be participants and in training, like our home care staff, or we've actually participated with the Alzheimer's Association in making presentations. Right. Okay. There's also a, a, um, a nonprofit called Nancy's House, which mm-hmm. is an incredible um, concern. What they do is they provide kind of like a B&B experience for caregivers who need respite, who need to be taken care of themselves. Oh, right. And so people go uh, and they get 
three meals a day and massages and they do yoga and they have support groups. It's particularly lovely. And we were thrilled that um, the director of that company hired us for this weekend to take care of someone so she could attend the weekend getaway and we provided the home care. We also do a lot of speaking engagements right. whenever we're asked. We've spoken at the Pennsylvania Bar Institute. We've spoken on the radio before. Uh, we've done, over the years, a great deal. We've done town hall meetings. We've done all kinds of speaking engagements. In general, we've presented our work at financial institutions. So we're always out in the field offering to do. We've At one point, we even did. I think it was an eight-week support group because someone that we knew in a retirement community said to us, do you know anyone that could run a group? Um, we have people living in our community, and they they are taking care of their, their spouse, and they need support. And we said, we'll do it ourselves. Right. That's all. That's so great. we're always available to do we, we don't charge for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We're always available to do that. Our caregivers are always being trained as well. Uh, we have a software program, a, home, uh, a, a whole program that we u- utilize to have ongoing training for our caregivers as well as the oversight by a nurse. We are so, a state-licensed agency, and that piece of our practice, that piece of our business, the home care, we are state-licensed. Okay, and when I mentioned um, education, I I think I was more referring to the education that is out there for each particular client or customer or viewers. When you mentioned Alzheimer's, for instance, Mm -hmm. every elderly person is dealing with something different as they age, and the more that the family is educated about what they're going through, the better. Right. We are very um, concerned with connecting people and making referrals. Like if we have a family in the... Uh, Alzheimer's is the, is the diagnosis of their loved one. Of course, we connect them with the Alzheimer's Association. If it's Parkinson's, the Parkinson's Council, whatever, where they can connect with other individuals who are experiencing the same issues and get that education as well. We're a very big referral source. Mm-hmm. There are some people that, that consider us wedding planners for seniors <laughs> because we spend so much time referring people to the appropriate places. Right. And that's integrated in everything we do it's it's essential that people find the support and the community services that are available Mm -hmm. so when we do our assessment for example the the most important component of it is the action plan that lists all the resources all the phone numbers who to talk to what it is they provide so so much of care management is about education Right, right. It, it's a it's a daunting task when you and and the other thing is, um, Delors, you mentioned how it takes a while for people to come to grips with the fact that their parents are aging. Absolutely. So there's that whole time period where before you take action, you're just oh, kind. Absolutely. It's a long. It's a process. Very frequently, you know, you'll see the senior and they really are failing and they are aging very quickly at that point mm-hmm. and the and the children and the children at this point could be 60 or 70 years old right and they're denying it they want yeah. you know mother stop that you know you should remember who did that you know you remember so and so right you know it, and and you're trying to say you no know, she really can't remember right i know <laughs> they want her to be the way she was right. before 
Because the roles are reversed. All of a sudden, the roles are reversed. It isn't a natural course of life to think about parenting your parent. Uh, It's very difficult when you take over the responsibilities that they've always provided for themselves Mm -hmm. and find yourself in a situation that you really don't know what to do with. It's like wearing your shoes on the wrong foot, you know? Right, right. It's very uncomfortable. And I, I think the fact that our company is so multidisciplinary and so many of us are both um, psychotherapists and nurses and social workers. We always defer to all those. When we do family meetings, for example, which is another thing we do, uh, you know, there are those who would, would perhaps think of it as family therapy. It clearly isn't, but we understand how the dynamics of families work and Our goal is to be goal-directed, action-directed. I know mom loved you more than she loved me, but what can we all do now to make things work? And one of our folk, the focus on the whole family, what we want for the caregiver is at the end of the day, and because we are dealing with end of life so often, we want them to walk away from the experience intact, that that they know they did everything they could for this person and they have the energy to move on with their life right? as opposed to spending the rest of their life in therapy. There's things that we can do and we totally know that people come to us who've been abused by their parents or there's been negative stories as well as the loving, incredible stories. Mm-hmm. All of that is part of the mix But the most important thing is for us to take care of people in such a way, acknowledge them in such a way that they walk away from this experience at the end with themselves. Right. That's very important. Very important. We're going to take one last quick break. And when we come back, I think I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, how you market the business, how you use social media, all those wonderful technological things. Rubel Physical Therapy. Our goal is to get you back in the game, back to work, and back to your normal way of life. Our highly respected team provides preventative and rehabilitation services from everyday physical and occupational therapy to post-operative rehab of your knees, shoulders, or spine. Bluebell Physical Therapy focuses on achieving each patient's maximum level of recovery. Bluebell Physical Therapy, the treatment you need from the therapist you trust. Do you know Saltz Matkov? Would you like a legal team with over 100 years of experience working for you to defend litigation in the areas of business and contract disputes, employment, transportation and aviation, products and premises liability, intellectual property and construction? We are Saltz Matkov and we can help. From Wall Street to Main Street, we represent Fortune 500 companies and small businesses alike, achieving successful results inside and outside of the courtroom. For a free consultation, contact us at 484-318-7225 or visit us on the web at saltsmatkov.com. That's S-A-L-T-Z-M-A-T-K-O-V.com. Large firm expertise for a fraction of the cost and with all of the personal attention you need. Serving Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Delaware. Call 484-318-7225 or go to saltsmatkov.com. 
Welcome back to Women to Watch here on WWDB AM 860. I am here uh, today with Beverly Joey and Dolores McGitt of Complete Care Strategies. And I wanted to talk quickly about, um, there was a, at one point, the name of your company was Elder Care. And the reason for the change of title was is very important because uh, you do offer complete care and you're you're actually helping people with chronic care situations which are not always necessarily elderly correct uh, for the first uh, 12 years 11 years of our practice we were elder connections and many people still know us that way which is fine uh, but we by a series of uh, contacts events and referral sources we have developed a practice that is probably 20% non-geriatric and provide those care management services to those individuals through the social workers, nurses. Uh, it's, as Beverly said to you earlier, it's a chronic condition that would bring somebody to a care manager. If you need, if you need help na- navigating the system, the medical system, the entitlement systems, trying to get the Social Security or Medicaid or Medicare for individuals who are entitled to these things because of their chronic health problems, they need help. So can you give me an example of, of somewhat, some situation where you're dealing with a younger person? Oh, which one? Uh, <laughs> uh, Maybe so, something you're dealing with presently. Oh, yeah. So uh, we, can talk about, um, we can talk about a 21-year-old. Uh, who actually lives in New Jersey, we do care management. Care management is not limiting in terms of where you can go to do that. And this uh, young woman was injured in a car accident when she was eight years old. And so currently she is a quadriplegic and she cannot speak. At 21, which she turned in um, November, uh, she it's, she opts out of the system. The system only takes care of people for special education up until the age of 21. So June 14th, when school ended, and she is 21, that was the end. And the family um, now looks around and says, now, now what do we do every day? She doesn't have school to go to. There's no programs. So you, you get involved. You, you know, making in, you're making the inquiries into the entitlements. Who can provide a, a service, a program, transportation, things that she's interested in developing. We have a wonderful contact with a company that provides a lot of um, assistive technology, you know, that we work with them and they put together a plan of what is this young woman's life going to look like now that she's op- she's out of the system. Wow. Yeah. That's a scary, scary situation a, for a family. It is, you know, when you're in, you're in it and there's someplace to go and you know, next year where you're going and what you're doing every day and, you have all the school structure, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden uh, you're out of school now, and you have nowhere to go and no place to be, and you're confined to either a wheelchair or a bed. What do, what do you do? Right, right, and and so you you at twenty one at twenty one, and so a lot of times you're you're helping people find um, money. Where where can they get Absolutely. some assistance financially? Absolutely. Which is the entitlements. Right, right. Um, I'd love to know a little bit about. From each of you, what are the biggest challenges with what you do, and then what are the favorite aspects of your job? I think I think that um, if we were relying on Dolores and myself to do work, we would we would sleep very well at night because we totally trust each other. We know our work ethic and what it is we provide for people. 
But as you grow a business and you hire different people to provide services, you begin to understand that your control gets less. Mm-hmm. And you can't, you can't rely on other people to have your work ethic, your values. I mean, we try very hard to develop strategies uh, when we interview people to understand that and to draw the right people to us and come up with our core values and try to see if people can adhere to the level of service that we're about. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are times when things occur that make us, mm, like you can't even anticipate some of the things that happen. I bet. And when that kind of thing happens, that's the time that you want to uh, kill yourself, sort of, or or jump out a window, or or reevaluate yourself <laughs> over and over again about how can you manage this optimally, how can you support the brand that you represent, and I, I find that to be the most challenging thing there is. Besides, you know when. The phone's not ringing. That's always challenging. But but mostly it's not even that. It's it's representing your brand and what it is you're about and what you want to represent. I would much rather turn a case down than do a lousy job. Right. You know, and I, knowing the both of you as I do, I know that you work with such integrity. And when you're managing that many people and, and you use the word control, you cannot control what other people say, what other people do. And I would imagine that just makes you crazy. Because at the end of the day, we are still responsible parties. That's when right. When families or the customer is not happy, they want to speak to us. Right. And we have to say, you know, we'll take care of it. We're sorry. We'll fix it. Right. We'll do better. Right. Even though we are not the frontline person who made the error, you're still holding responsibility. It's your practice. Right. Right. And you learn from it. I mean, recently we lost a part of a case that we've been working with for many years. And for me, it was it was like a narcissistic injury. I mean, I don't cry very often, but this one really got to me because I felt that I had failed on some level. And what the client wanted was not what we were giving the client or at the level that this client demanded. And... I have to say it was one of the best learning experiences because it's really helped me revamp different aspects of of what it is I'm doing and what I'm conveying and who I'm hiring and, and who's the right fit for the right client. Mm-hmm. Some care managers can be phenomenal, really fabulous, but they just not they're just not perhaps the right fit for the right person. And from those failures, from those horrible crying sessions that we all have in business, we learn so much. And it really makes us stronger and makes us adaptable. And I think the one thing that I've learned from all of it over the last 13 years is to totally tell the truth to people, to be as transparent and genuine as you can be. And there are no excuses for anything else. And I would imagine sometimes that requires saying what it is you're looking for, we cannot provide that for sure. you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. That's not a good feeling sometimes to feel like you're turning away business. But if you know you're not the right person for that service, 
it's unethical. That's right. To, and the, and then it. you'll always feel good about what it is that you are doing when you're right. being honest like that. So I think Beverly's right. The, the most challenging thing is the management of people. That clearly is, I think, in any business. People mm-hmm. will say that. And it is true in our business as well. And the second piece that Beverly alluded to is that there are the peaks and valleys that we have come to experience over these many years in business. And everybody knows they exist, but when you are at the peak, you don't remember them. And when you're in the valley, you think you'll never get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> do you ha- do you bring the company together as a whole and, and have meetings, whether it's, you know... We do the best y- we can. Beverly, we have a model. Uh, you know, when you have uh, the core staff, the care management, the office staff, we meet weekly. Right. You know, that's easy uh, geographically to figure out. Mm-hmm. But you have, uh, let's say, 40 people out in the field mm. working in people's homes or in facilities taking care of individuals. I, you can't bring them in at any, not at the same time because they, you, you somebody, take care they're of the, the client. Somebody yeah. has to be out there doing the work. Right, you know, right. So, that, so we've developed a model based on a conversation with some other professionals who've done this where uh, for these past several months, uh, we took the summer off. We're going to start up again in the fall. Where uh, once a month we have a brunch. We bring in six to ten of the caregivers. We can manage to find substitutes for them in their homes to go in for that half day, mm-hmm. and we bring them in and we give them an opportunity to talk to us to hear, um, you know, for us to hear what their concerns are, what their war stories are, because they, the caregivers, unlike the care managers. Care managers go out into the home, you know, individually or work with clients individually. But there is the camaraderie, the the um, experience of having other professionals to talk to when you come back into the office. The individuals working in the home, they're like out there, you know, on the front right, line. Front line alone. And sometimes, you know, they're, they're out there without feeling the support that mm. they need to have. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we make a conscious effort through individuals in the office who are our our direct care worker supervisors. We have, you know, Joanne, we have Sharice, we have people who interface with the caregivers constantly, but we also felt it was important for them to interface with us on a regular basis. Right. That just generates, you know, um, a, a good sense of we're all in this together. Right, exactly. Right? And right. when they're interviewed, the last person that they talk to is either Dolores or me which is really to talk about our core values and to learn whether or not they're comfortable with them and whether or not they can follow them. Because if they can't, you know, they're perfectly fine people, but they're just not for us. Right, right. Yeah, you want to align with the the people that share those same values. That's really important. Um, How about what's your most favorite? Just in a day-to-day, what's the thing you look forward to the most? I think there are so many things that happen that are unknown. A glass of wine yeah, at glass, the end of the yeah, day. A glass of wine is very important. I wish you could have all seen Dolores' face on that question. <laughs> a glass of wine at the end. But is that what you most look forward to? But you know it's fun, really, sometimes for me, uh, besides needing liquor occasionally. But, you know, it's, what's really fun is uh, the new and exciting people that come our way. The new relationships that Mm -hmm. we make, the professionals that we meet, the kinds of situations that um, we're open to that that come our way. It's what makes being in business so exciting. Mm -hmm. And um, we've met such incredible professionals 
in our lives and other people that share our mission and do complimentary things, whether it's the trust officers we've met. We just met with someone from a from a uh, private bank and how she takes care of people and her skill set. We get to learn so much from other people Mm -hmm. and other people that do what we do. Right, right. So it's it's always the excitement of it. It's always the new opportunities of it that I think is the best. Right. Those surprising partnerships, Mm -hmm. right, that you didn't plan for. Exactly. Yes. Yes, that's really wonderful. Well, we're... We have a few minutes. The show always goes quicker than I would like. And so I want to make sure that you give your contact information for any of the listeners that are really looking for some guidance right now, whether it be any kind of chronic situation with a family member. Um, what's the best way to get in touch with you? I'd love to, for you to give a website sure. and an email, perhaps. Our our uh, our website is completecarestrategies.com. Uh Dolores and I are always available. You can certainly call our office. And let me say, anyone out there who needs resources for anything relevant to our conversation, we give those away at any time. Feel free to call if you need a care manager in any other part of the country. We're happy to connect you to those resources. And our phone number is 610-265-4300. And as Beverly said, we our office is in King of Prussia, but we are not at all limited geographically for our care management services. Care managers go to you. That's across the country? Well, we are part of that larger organization that Beverly made reference to before, the Professional Group of Care Managers. Right. And there are about 2,000 of us certified in the country so that if somebody calls us and says, you know, my mom lives in Michigan, we can give them a qualified person in that area of Michigan. Great. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. It was a great show, um, really inspiring uh, and a great story. And I love the friendship between the two of you as business partners. I think it's really wonderful. So thank you so much for coming and spending some time with me today. I know how busy you are. It's our pleasure. That's it, everyone, for this week's Women to Watch. Again, my name is Susan Rocco, and I was here today with Beverly Bernstein Joey and Dolores Tracy McGid of Complete Care Strategies. Have a great week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.